Welcome to another episode of Believing God's Promises, where we don't just read the word, but believe what it says. So we are in the middle of this series, though, and it's been really good to see how God loves us and how we can go out and love people. And today we're going to be talking about how God does not delight in evil, but he rejoices with the truth. Now, here's the truth is that a lot of us, for whatever reason, sometimes have this idea of God and, and this bad idea of who God is and his character. And I love this series because it's really breaking some of those ideas that we have of who God is. And we have this picture of him sitting up in heaven, just waiting for us to mess up, just waiting for us to sin so that he can come in with his iron fist and hammer and he can condemn us. And that is so far from the truth. That is not who God is. God is not up in heaven waiting for us to sin and just wanting us to sin so that he can delight in the evil that we're doing. That is not what this is about. That is not who God is. God is love. And the truth is, is that he understands that we all sin and all fall short of the glory of God, right? That's what the Bible tells us, that we all sin and we all fall short. We're, none of us are exempt from sin. None of, we are born into sin. God understands that. And I love what Romans 6, 23 says. It says, but the wages of sin is death. But the wages of sin is death. So, so there's the truth. The wages of sin is death. God understands that sin leads to death. But guess what? There's a promise that goes after that. What does it say? But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so God understands what the price is for sin. And that's why he sent Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, so that we could be free from sin. So that Because Jesus paid the price for it. He took on our sin so that we didn't have to pay for it because we couldn't. And now we can accept his forgiveness. So the wages of sin, what does sin do? It brings us to death. If we sin, we die. Eternally, we die. But but Jesus came and now if we accept him, then we get to walk in forgiveness and we can live eternally with God. We don't have to have the curse, the wages of sin be death. But here's the truth is that even when we give our lives to Jesus, we still sin, don't we? We're not perfect. It's not like we give our lives to Jesus and we never sin again. No, we still sin. We still have issues in our life. We have struggles. We have addictions. We have things in our life that we struggle with. And God understands that. And he hates hates the sin because he understands the destruction of it. And even in the midst of that, when we sin, we can come to that place of repentance, right? Where let's say we go out and we're really rude to someone and we just go off on them and we know and we're convicted that this isn't right. This isn't okay. I shouldn't have acted like that. We come to the Lord. We say, Father, forgive me. And he says, I already have. Father, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have acted like that. We repent. We change our mind. God, I need your help in this situation, right? So when when we accept Jesus's forgiveness, it's finished, isn't it? Because he already paid for it. It's already done. It's finished. We don't We don't have to work anymore. That's done. But what happens is so many times we have consequences that follow us, don't we? And and that's the piece that God understands in a way that I think sometimes we don't. And this is why he doesn't delight in evil because he understands what evil leads to. Evil leads to destruction. Let's get, let me give you an example. Let's say that you are in a marriage and your spouse cheats on you. And it's very hurtful. Now, let's say that your spouse realizes what they do and they're convicted. And yeah, this is a heavy one. This is, but this is, this is real life, isn't it? And and so your spouse comes to you and tells you what they did and they're repentant. And they said, I went to the Lord and I repented and, and I accepted Jesus forgiveness. Okay. Now God 
forgave them. God still loves them. That never changed, right? None of the truths of who God is ever changes in all of this and all of the sin that we commit. Nothing ever changes. But then what happens is in that marriage, then sometimes that act can actually destroy that marriage. Sometimes it causes a, a miscommunication or, or a lack of trust or a lack of intimacy between the, the husband and the wife. Do you see what I'm saying? And God knows this ahead of time. And, and he speaks to us ahead of time. And this is why he doesn't like sin, because he understands that there are consequences sometimes that cost us a lot. There are consequences that follow us throughout our life. There are things back in my past in my pre-Jesus days that I am paying for now. And God doesn't like that. He doesn't like that because he rejoices with truth. Who is the truth? Jesus is the truth, the way in the life. And the truth is what sets us free. And, and God sees that. It's not that he's a mean God. It's not that he's an unkind God. It's not that he's a God up there just looking down on us and waiting for us to sin or is, is coming down on us just to come down on us. And, and maybe, maybe some of you, I just feel like there might be some of you that maybe you had some parents that you felt like that's how they were with you. But you know what? God is a good father and he is not like that. So just accept that and begin to allow God to change your view of him. Stop putting your parents' face on him. He is God the Father and he is perfect. He is not your earthly father. He is not your earthly mother. He is God the Father and he is good and he is faithful in everything that he does and he loves you more than you could ever know. So God does not delight in evil, but he rejoices with truth. Now, I want to get real for a minute because the truth of the matter is, is that we want to be like this, right? But what do we often do? There's a couple of things when I was praying about that, this, the Lord showed me that we do as humans. And the first thing is, is in our insecurities and in our jealousy, sometimes we actually want people to fail, to mess up or to fall. We see people surpassing us. We see people doing things that we earned to do. Are you hearing me? Oh, well, I was supposed to get that promotion. God gave me a vision of me having that ministry. God gave me a heart for that business or for those people or, or to do this or to that. And we begin to see other people getting things that we think we deserved, that we earned. And what do we do? Sometimes in our insecurities and in our jealousy, and I would even go as far to say in our envy, sometimes what do we do? We get excited if they fall. We, 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 we delight in evil. We're like, oh, they're falling. Okay. Now maybe I'll get promoted. And, and, and that's, that's hard to admit, right? But as, as humans, this is where we go sometimes, but here's the deal. This isn't how God calls us to live. Is it? I love the verse in Proverbs 24, 17. What does it say? Do not gloat when your enemy falls. When they stumble, do not let your heart rejoice. And that is something that God tells us because he knows that it's not good for us if we do that. What happens when we live in that place? We're miserable. Have you ever been in that place where you've actually wanted someone to fall, wanted them to mess up, wanted them to... Um, I don't know, just completely fall apart. It's okay. This is between you and God. But what does that do in your heart? It, it just, it isn't a good feeling, is it? Is it? You're like not right with God. And so we need to constantly search our heart, ask God to search our heart and show us if there's any jealousy, if there's any envy, if, if there's any insecurities. And again, this is why we need to know who we are in Christ. Amen. Number two, 
Sometimes, and this is the second thing, sometimes we delight in evil because it just sounds fun or it's easier, right? And this is just the truth of it is sometimes we're like, everybody else is doing it. Everybody else gets to go to the party and get drunk. Everybody else gets to play cards against humanity. Everybody else gets to go out and treat people bad and go act how they want to act and do what they want to do. I don't understand, God. Why Why are you convicting me? Why can't I do this? Well, you know why? It's because we are called to be set apart. We're called to be set apart. We're, we're not supposed to look like the world. If we look like the world, then how are we different? How, how are we being the light? How are we walking in the light? Because we are the light of the world. When we say yes to Jesus, we are the light of the world. We are a city on a hill. We are called to be set apart and to look different, but we have to walk that out. We have to make that decision. Are we going to look like the world or are we going to look like everybody else? Are we going to follow Jesus or are we going to follow the world. And one thing I've noticed is that lately people are like, well, I just want to be relatable. And yes, there's a point that we want to be relatable. We go into the trenches and we pull people out. And that's exactly what Jesus did. But Jesus never went into the darkness and stayed there. He never went into the darkness and partied with them. No, he went in and he pulled people up. He didn't let them pull him down. And that's the key is that so many times the enemy will even use good meaning and, and Christians that that like genuinely want to serve God, he will use us and get us confused and he'll get us stuck in the trenches with the other people that we're trying to help. And so with these two things, the question is, okay, Carrie, that's great. Now I know how um, in my life I struggle with delighting in evil and not rejoicing with truth, but how do I not? Here's the answer. Let's read James 4, 7. What does it say? It says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Okay, so there's two things here that we can do. Submit ourselves to God. How do we do that? God, I have crazy desires sometimes. And, uh, and God, I don't always act right. And Lord, this is something I struggle with. God, maybe I struggle with jealousy or envy or, or maybe I struggle with going in and, and being like everybody else and wanting to join everybody in the part. Whatever it is, you take that to God. You say, God, here it is. I don't want this, Father. So take this. I surrender this, God. I submit to your ways, God. I don't want to look like the world. I want to look like Jesus, God. But I can't do this in and of myself. So here I am, God. Use me. Break me, make me, take me, do whatever it takes to make me look more like you. We surrender, we submit that to him. And then the second thing we do after we've given that to him and we've surrendered and we've asked him for help is we resist the devil because what is the devil going to do? Satan will come back and he'll whisper little lies in your ears. He'll be like, oh, now you're not loving people because you're not relatable. Oh, now you're doing that. And he'll just sit there and he'll just nag in your mind and he'll whisper these lies to you. And you have to stand up to him. And this is where knowing the truth of the word of God is so important because right then in your spirit, God will begin to bring up scriptures and bring up truth because the truth will set you free. And he will begin to bring these things up and we speak them out. It is like a weapon going against the enemy. It is a weapon that, that pierces him and shuts him down. That is how we resist the devil. It isn't about us being like, Rah. no, it's not about our strength and our might and everything thing about us. It's about the word and the truth of the word of God. And so we begin to speak those things out loud and we cast out every wrong thought. We cast down every wrong thought that he puts in our minds. And then guess what? What does the Bible promise? He will flee from you. So we, sub we submit, we resist, 
and he'll flee. Submit, resist, and he'll flee. Submit, resist, and he'll flee. Submit, resist, and he'll flee. Just say that over and over in your mind. Submit, resist, and he'll flee. Somebody needs to hear that. Somebody needs to let that sink down into your heart. See, here's the thing is this last week I had a situation with my son and it was just a really... It was just a really hard situation in his school and some things came up and 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 he was accused of some things that I didn't think were right. And there, there's just so much out there right now. Right. And there's so many things that I fight against. And, and when when I feel like my kids are not in the wrong and they're being accused of something, then as a mom, I want to go in and I want to vindicate and I want to take care of it. And I want to take everybody down. And I was like, I'm going to go up to that school. And I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. And I'm going to tell them this. I'm going to tell them that. And, and the Lord's like, Carrie. <laughs> uh, are you are you going to do that? Do you do you want to look like the world, Carrie? Do you, do you want to be a zealot, Carrie? Do you really want to go that direction? What happened when Peter went that direction? Live by the sword, die by the sword, right? Do you, he cut off the ear of the soldier and Jesus puts it back on. It's like, no, Peter, that's not how we do things in the kingdom. Carrie, do you want to go that direction or do you want to follow me? Do you want to pick up your cross and follow me? And in that moment, I had to make a decision. Was I going to submit to God, or was I going to submit to my emotions and my frustration and the fact that I'm a mom, so I have a right to vindicate my child? I'm putting quotes because that is so not the truth. I decided, you know what? I'm going to take a minute. I went up to my room and I, I submitted to God. And I was like, God, I don't know what to do. Like, this isn't right. This isn't okay. But you know what? I know that you are his father before I am his mother, God, that you love my child more than I love him, God. So I'm asking you to give me wisdom, to give me discernment. I began to submit to God. I said, God, I can't, but you did. God, I can't, but I trust you, God. I don't understand. It's not right. This world isn't fair. All of these things are happening, God, to my kids, and I don't understand it, and I want to fight for them, God. And you made me their mom, but you know what? I trust that you are bigger and that you have more wisdom and that you know things that I don't know, God, and I trust that you're going to handle this the right way. So Father, I submit everything, every emotion I have, every piece of me that wants to defend my child, every piece of me that wants to go in and give them a piece of my mind. Father, I submit that to you. And you know what? I let go of it in that moment. But throughout that process, the enemy kept whispering lies into my head. And so I began to, no, I'm not going, no, 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 no. God's his vindicator. God loves him more, this and that. And I was just fighting the, fighting with the truth, fighting with the truth, fighting with the truth. And guess what? The enemy fleed. He stopped. It went away eventually because I submitted and I resisted and God is faithful to his word. Amen. Amen. So if you are struggling with any of these things, I want to encourage you to meditate on this verse in James. I want you and, and read the whole thing. Maybe even start at James 4, 1 and go. You'll kind of see where it ends, but it is a beautiful scripture. I didn't have time to go into the whole thing. We would have been here all day, but it is a beautiful scripture. And you can use this. Put this as arsenal in your bag to use against the enemy. Be like, yeah, I'm going to submit and I'm going to resist the enemy and he's going to flee from me. Amen. Amen.